Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Let me be clear. Any American who wants to come home, we will get you home. President Biden defending the chaotic U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. We have no indication that they haven't been able to get in Kabul through the airport. We've made an agreement with the, with the Taliban thus far. They've allowed them to go through. I can say definitively that that is completely untrue. David Fox is an American still in Afghanistan. The only way that you can actually get to the U.S. Marines is by fighting your way in. Just by pure physical, you know, brutal force. So not only has there, how do I avoid a double negative here? The president claiming there have been no troubles getting to the airport. There's been no success getting to the airport. It's the polar opposite. When Meet the Press is calling out a Democratic president, you know, they've gone pretty far in, uh, in saying something wrong. Just incredible. My dog is barking. We're at home today. We're all in our own homes. You know why? We got exposed to COVID. That's right. Michelangelo is actually in the control room as usual, but he's alone. A lonely man. A man without a friend. A shoulder to lean on. Michael was not exposed to the COVID because he never leaves his booth. But uh, the rest of us were. Um, I can't believe that we're in late August of 2021. And this is the first time we've been forced to go home because of the COVID. With this going on for a year and a half, uh, I would have never guessed a year and a half after this all started that we'd be doing this. Will we still be doing it a year from now? I don't have any idea. My son's going off to school today. He's going to a private school, so they're in person. Um, and some of the public schools around here are too, but I I don't see how it's going to last. I just don't see how it's going to last. Yeah, I'd say as you look around the country, the experience of most of the schools has been kind of on again, off again. Uh, one classroom has to shut down, a lot of testing. Everybody has to stay home for a week, then they come back. Yeah. Fits and starts. Right. And, um, yeah, I was talking to a teacher the other day um, about how they have no idea what they're in for as they have all these kids come onto campus that some of them, like you have second graders that really have never been to school in their lives. Wow. Wow. Is that right? Just barely. Well, yeah, second yeah. graders, because they missed they missed half a kindergarten, all first grade. So they have, like, really no experience with the full day of school, classes, homework, all the different things. And they're in second just, grade. And then where they are academically. You know, that's just kind of the... The function, uh, the functionality of being a, a student at school that they, they that they take you through gradually from kindergarten, first grade, second grade. But you got kids that have never really done it. Well, and you're going to have such an enormous gulf between you know kids with educated parents who take an interest and and figure they had to pick up the slack and do their best to teach their kids, and kids with uh, you know don't give a damn parents or drug addicts or whatever. I mean, there's always going to be a gulf between those or, two groups. Or to be fair, people that just couldn't because you sure. were working, so I you know hadn't really uh, hadn't really scheduled my life for being a full time teacher, and right. uh, couldn't do it. Absolutely true. It's a mess. I just can't even imagine how the teachers are going to deal with it. Well, we know how some of the schools are dealing with it. They're eliminating grades. They're eliminating uh, failure. They're eliminating anything that would make kids feel about, bad about the fact that they're two years behind, even though the world doesn't care if you've got an excuse for being two years behind. 
yeah, all standards have been eliminated. We're just going to go through the motions, give you a sheet of paper at the end. We'll call it a diploma. It's not really, but we'll call it that. And on your way. Good luck. What a mess. Anyway, yeah. um, there was a firefight in Kabul today. Uh, details are kind of sketchy. It was us, the Germans, and the Taliban, and somebody was firing at somebody, but who the heck knows what happened. I can't believe that that's really the one of the only instances of that. That, that could happen at, at any moment. One of those. Well, so the story over the weekend was there's Al Qaeda or ISIS in charge of the security at the airport. I don't even understand how that works or what that means. Um, but all all you need is one of those jihadists. You remember who Al Qaeda is? Do you remember who ISIS is or the Taliban? These are people that strap bombs to themselves and walk into a crowd of Americans and die just to kill a half dozen Americans. They've committed their lives to it. So how is one of these guys not at some point just going to turn their machine gun on this giant crowd and kill like 80 people? How has that not happened already? Uh, Thank God it hasn't, but it just feels so precarious. Something horrendous is going to happen. Yeah, because all it would take is a handful of guys to say, you know, the leadership's too slow, they're too patient. This is stupid letting the great Satan escape. Let's do this. Let's go out in a blaze of glory. I could see that so easily. We won't know for many years, many, many years, what the back-channel communications have been with the Taliban. Maybe it's like what I said last hour that we talked about. Look, we'll bomb you back to the Stone Age. We'll go just S all nuts. If you if you do this sort of thing, um, maybe we've done that. I don't. But somehow the Taliban has come to the conclusion that it's better to allow this to happen because they sure, certainly don't have to. No, although the way they're, quote unquote, allowing it to happen is it's barely happening. Uh, right. The the State Department, was it an hour, just a couple hours after the president claimed that there was no opposition in getting to the airport? People weren't really having a problem. The State Department said, don't even try to go to the airport. It's impossible. Don't even try. Yeah, that's right. They announced over the weekend, don't try to get to the airport. So your only shot at getting out of the country before the Taliban takes over, and who knows what they're going to do when we're gone, if they're just going to kill everybody that's left. Um, Your only shot at getting out, and the, the, the United States announced, don't try to get to the airport. Wow. I. It's too dangerous. Yeah, I know. It's it's astonishing. And the president apparently has no grasp of reality, which is its own disturbing aspect of this. Has he, he he's not done anything today yet, has he? He's probably had some soup. Well, okay. All right. Got a shawl over his shoulders and he's watching Maury. Come on. But, uh, um, let's Dr. hear a little Jill bit. Jill is telling him about the rabbits. <laughs> let's uh, hear a little Come bit on, from man. Ben Sass. He is a senator from Nebraska. And he was on Fox News Sunday yesterday. And let's just uh, jump into that. Clip 44, Michael. They're still in spin mode. They need to go faster. We have a national security crisis. It's ongoing. We have a lot of Americans in harm's way. We have a lot of people we made promises to beyond the wire of the airport. And you heard the president say just shameful falsehood after shameful falsehood this week when he said Americans aren't having trouble at the checkpoints. That's not true. When they said they didn't have intelligence that this was going to happen. That's not true. When they said al-Qaeda was dead. That's not true. When they said they had contingency plans. That's not true. There's a lot more we have to do. We have a lot of people in danger right now yeah yeah all those things he uh he said a number of things in a row on friday the president did that just 
weren't true. And the New York Times pointed that out, and ABC News pointed that out, pointed that out and NBC News, and all the not usual suspects. Right. Well, and we have the uh, the deadline of August 31st to get everybody out, and we could extend that deadline. The Taliban has said, no, that's not going to happen, which means they're either going to exact more conf- more uh, concessions from us or, geez, I don't know. I, don't, I doubt they would go hard ass. I, I still think they think that's too dangerous, but it remains to be seen. They get a vote whether we stay beyond August 31st or if it's on after that. Right. Let's uh, let's go to 46 there, uh, Michael. They abandoned Bagram Air Force Base in one of the stupidest military blunders in all of U.S. history. And now we're left in a situation where we're relying on a civilian airport, Karzai, that has only one runway. I don't think the American people fully appreciate the danger and the peril into which the president has put us. Because one RPG taking down a plane onto that runway means we're stranded. So the president needs to make sure that this hostage situation into which we're drifting, that the Taliban knows we will not stand for it. If this doesn't end, I mean, it's already a pretty big disaster, but if it doesn't end in, like, people talk about it in 500 years, uh, sort of disaster, if it doesn't end that way, it's only because the Taliban let us. I mean, because they have the opportunity to make this so bad, so bad. They could slaughter everybody. They've done that sort of thing. That's what they do. Yeah, I don't think it's in their best interests. It's it's more the rogue group that I worry about in terms of a, a true nightmare scenario. I think, I still think, and I don't know for sure, I'd stand ready to be corrected, but I think it's in the Taliban's interest to let us and our people get the hell out of there well, so they can run their, their, their goat rape and hellhole. That's provable. It's provable in the fact that they haven't done it yet because yeah. it's completely up to them. Somebody drive a big truck full of, uh, you know, explosives into that crowd. You could kill a thousand people in an instant. I mean, and and close down that airport. And it's just because they don't think it helps them that they haven't, because they do that sort of thing all the time. That's what they are. Right, but the 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 true dead enders like ISIS and Al Qaeda, you got to differentiate them from the Taliban. Theoretically, sure. they're under the command of the Taliban, but at How some point, those groups, enemies. those groups, yeah, they they turn on each other all the time. So yeah, how this unfolds, nobody knows. Oh, and you know who's playing who? Um, I've wondered this whole time: is the Taliban just trying to get as many people in a big? one big area to kill as many people as possible or is the taliban you know being straight up with us uh not for good reasons but because they think it's best for them but al-qaeda is playing them yeah 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 we'll uh we'll, we'll help you out here we understand it's best for you and then al-qaeda decides to drive a truck into that crowd or or isis or whoever they they could they could go rogue like you're just saying off the taliban so, yeah, I think the Taliban's too cozy with the uh, the great Satan. Blow a bunch of people up. Certainly hope not. On a lighter note, might I just say how lovely it is that we're fighting side by side with Germany for once? Jerry is on our side at the uh, Karzai airport. It's good to be buddies, Germany. Long overdue. Um. <laughs> Two world wars was enough. I agree. <laughs> Nazi Germany. Wow. Um, we probably ought to jump into the COVID at some point. We were talking about that a little bit. Uh, annoying. COVID's annoying. Boo yeah, COVID. it is. Hell yeah, it is. Sucko. Uh, Pfizer boring got... at this point, too. Boring. Well, I agree. I'm bored with it, but 
I'm at home, my son is less likely to be at school this year than last year. So, I mean, at some point you have to recognize the reality of the way it's affecting your life. I'm bored with the story, but it's making me stay home from work today, for instance. At what point is there some announcement of uh, Darwinian, uh, what would the term be, Darwinian realism? Folks, it's determined that this COVID is going to be around forever. You either get vaccinated, you get natural immunity, or you die. But we're going back to running the world the way the world's always run. I like it. Where do I sign up? When does that moment come? When are we forced into that? Uh, COVID got approval to not COVID. COVID got approval from Mother Nature or the Chinese. Um, the vaccine got approval. The Pfizer vaccine got full government approval. Does that make any difference to you? You're going to get the shot now and you weren't before? Anybody? Text line 415 295 KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So uh, we're working from home because somebody at work exposed us to COVID. Somebody who tested positive was around us on Friday, so we all have to stay home for a while. That's the way that coffee is better here. I like it. Yeah, I like my coffee situation. Um, so we were talking earlier about uh, people who are working two jobs during COVID. So people who are working from home have dis- have figured out that they can take on another job. Right. And being two, do two and just, you know, because you're doing all Zoom meetings and calling in and everything like that. And uh, Alex uh, texted us because we're all in different locations because we may have the COVID. But anyway, El Pollo Loco is offering a $200 signing bonus. So he was wondering if he can do that from home, too. Run the wow. drive-through while be on meetings. And, uh, I'm not sure logistically how that would work. Uh, working for the crazy chicken and us, but um, but how about that though? Two hundred dollars signing bonus to work at El Pollo Loco. That's how. Muchas gracias. <laughs> that's how the crazy chicken. That's how desperate they are for employees. Yeah. Yeah, just nuts. Hey, speaking of that uh, working two jobs thing, I found it so amusing, this piece in the Wall Street Journal. Now, they deal with a lot of tech people. Um, who knows what they do anyway? Nobody understands it. Um, but the, So there's a lot of people from the tech world and the white-collar world that are working these two secret jobs, and they describe uh, this one guy. He spends his days switching among three laptops, work, personal, and other work, keeping the one for his new job synced up to a desktop monitor and his other work computer open beside it. You have to physically switch, and that keys up your brain to say this is job one or job two. To maintain separation or secrecy, other workers swear by color-coding browser windows or using external microphones that can be muted without alerting others on a video call. One worker manages double meetings by logging on to one via computer and the other via phone. If they literally have two meetings going on simultaneously for their two different jobs. He says, I've gotten better at hearing two different things at the same time and trying to process it. The phone enables a quick getaway if one meeting risks hearing the other during a sudden unmute situation. Um, <clears throat> he says when the when he gets called on simultaneously in both meetings, Jim, what do you think? We'd like to hear from Jim. <laughs> he drops one call, then answers the other's question, then pops back onto the dropped call. Sorry, network issues. What was that question again? <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
even better, evade the meeting altogether. He often tells colleagues he doesn't think their issue requires a call and he can help them faster on Slack. People love it because they're like, this guy just gets stuff done. He's not wasting our time in these meetings. (laughs) (laughs) So is this people that, like, have two jobs that are similar? Like you're a sales manager and you're now your sales manager for, or are they completely different like your... Like on one a job, radio producer who runs the drive-through at El Pollo Loco. Yeah. Or you're doing an OnlyFans thing on one of your jobs, and then your other job is your district manager for Office Depot. I don't know. Um, no, these these stories are mostly about people with a couple of similar gigs. Yeah. God, why wouldn't you do that? It speaks to something about hiring and demands of jobs, though, that you could even pull that off. Right. Well, this one dude who we quoted earlier estimates that when he just had one job, he was only working like three to ten hours a week. Oh, jeez. And and he said one of the keys to it, where is that? For a a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. There was a funny paragraph that I accidentally skipped. Um... Oh, where is it? They talk about the key is lowering your boss's expectations. It's just systematically making wow. sure they, they ask for very, very little. Um, managing expectations would be a more diplomatic way to put it, but uh, yeah, just hilarious. I don't know if you can get away with it. Go ahead. Uh, let's check in with Dr. Scott Gottlieb when we come back on where we are with the COVID and kids getting back to school. If you have kids going back to school this week, like I've got two kids going back to school, you're you're definitely wondering about it because it's going to be disrupted. Armstrong and Getty. This is really a critical question because it gets to the heart of whether or not this new Delta variant is more pathogenic in children. We see rising numbers of hospitalizations and ICU admissions among kids. The question is, is that because this is a more dangerous variant in children, or are we just infecting a whole lot more kids? So we're not really getting an accurate sense of the denominator. Mm -hmm. We're only seeing the numerator of kids who are presenting with more severe disease. I suspect it's the latter. I suspect that the number of kids who are getting into trouble with COVID hasn't really changed with this Delta variant. The reason why we're seeing rising hospitalizations and ICU admissions among kids is because we're infecting a whole lot more kids with it that makes perfectly good sense um it just spreads so much easier if this had been the original covid the numbers for every country in the world would be so different if this had been spreading around before the vaccine oh yeah yeah um, nightmarish enough but uh, i'm looking at the new york times daily tracking poll where they do the 14 day uh, rolling average uh Deaths over a thousand now a day, up ninety five percent. So you know that's adding thirty thousand deaths per month at that rate, which is I no I you know I certainly didn't think that would be going on in August, late August of twenty twenty one. Right, and who knows how long it'll last? It could be super short lived. It could come and go. the The whole Delta peak, because at right. that point, so many people would be infected or uh, inoculated or whatever vaccinated. 
Those of us who have kids in school or going back to school, I got one starting today and one starting on Wednesday, two different schools, two completely different situations are all wondering uh, how this is going to work. Dr. Scott Lieb, uh, Scott Gottlieb gets to that. If my name was Scott Gottlieb, I'd go by Scott Lieb because just, you know, like like Benifer. Like Benifer, yeah. <laughs> how about clip 51? So should school districts be testing on a regular basis when children return? And when you say regular, is that once a week, twice a week, more? It's once a week or twice a week. Um, and if you Google test to stay, there's now a movement in a lot of districts. North Dakota's doing it, some other states as well, to use testing as a way to keep kids in the classroom. So when you identify a case, rather than quarantining the whole class or a large swath of the school, which is happening in a lot of states right now in the South as the epidemic rages there, what some districts are doing is using testing where they'll test the, the close contacts of kids uh, immediately to make sure there's not other asymptomatic cases that are going undiagnosed and then test them at some kind of interval, maybe at three days and five days, to make sure that there's not an outbreak being triggered in the school. So you can use testing to avoid broad quarantines. I think the combination of kids wearing masks in the classroom to avoid um, spreading the virus with testing can allow the school year to go on without these large quarantines that we're seeing in some districts while keeping children safe. It's, I think it's notable that Scott Gottlieb, I'd go with Scott Gott, by the way, if I were uh, Scott Gottlieb. Not Scott Lee, but Scott got. Uh, it's notable, I think, that he's he's a really pro-mask guy because he's been pretty reasonable through the whole thing. I just think it's interesting. Um, so they're talking about regular testing at the schools because obviously if we do it this year the way we did it last year, if every time a kid tests positive you have to like shut down the whole class for 10 days with Delta moving around the way it is, they'll never be in class. So he's talking about regular testing. Well, what kind of testing are we talking about? Are we talking about the jab it up into their brain pan or just spitting in a little tube? Well, and I had the just uh, rummage around in your nostril one that didn't go deep into the sinus at all the first time I got a test. Uh, so you, I can't, I, you can't do that painful one with kids once oh, a no, week. No, they'd That's, be terrified. Yeah. yeah. No, kids yeah. would be in the corner rocking back and forth crying. I mean, oh it would be horrifying. God. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I don't know how accurate that one I do where you spit in the little tube is. Yeah, I haven't done the spitting in the tube uh, yeah. since, uh, you know, for uh, 23 and me I did it. And once again, it was harder to fill that tube than I anticipated. I've had the opposite problem. I've had the opposite problem. Both times I, w- <laughs> I have overflowed that tube and there's just like spit everywhere. I'm just a very wet person. That's disgusting. <laughs> you know, I, I was uh, gratified and... Kind of oh lord! Yes. I was kind of surprised to see in the New York Times they got this piece. Um, and uh, what's the headline? The U.S. is getting a crash course in scientific uncertainty, and it has annoyed me to my core since this idiotic COVID thing began. The people shouting, "We're following the science," or "You're a science denier," or "What about the science?" I mean, just oh my god! Have you people ever paid attention to science, science. in your lives? And the way it, it, it evolves and all. And I think this is pretty well written by uh, Apoorva Mandavili. Uh, they mentioned nobody dreamed this would still be going on 18 months plus later. No end in sight. Scientific understanding of the virus changes by the hour, it seems. The virus spreads only by close contact or on contaminated surfaces, then turns out to be airborne. The virus mutates slowly, but then emerges in a series of dangerous new forms. Americans don't need to wear masks. Wait, they do. At no point in this ordeal has the ground beneath our feet seemed so uncertain. In just the past week, federal health officials said they would begin offering booster shots to all 
Americans in the coming months. Days earlier, those officials had assured the public that the vaccines were holding strong against the Delta variant and that boosters would be unnecessary. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Then they go into the vaccine. Americans are living with science as it unfolds in real time. The process has always been fluid and unpredictable, but rarely has it moved at this speed, leaving citizens to confront research findings as soon as they land at the front door, a stream of deliveries that no one ordered and no one wants. I think that, um, that finally somebody saying that that's speaking the truth. In the legacy media, the info changes so much. What do you mean you're following the science? You're following today's science, which could well be contradicted by tomorrow's quote unquote science. Right. Um, we have completely missed one of the big stories of the day. Just uh, I, I blame myself because I'm working from my bedroom. I'm not as sharp as I am when I'm in the radio station. There's something about being in my bedroom that makes me not sharp. Um, well, you're lying in bed with the covers up to your chin. That that can't be good. It's kind of chilly, and I just don't feel like getting out of bed. (laughs) You've got a cup of tea next to the bed. We're home because we got exposed to COVID. But anyway, we missed the part of a big story that is, oh, boy, looking forward to this national conversation. But first, we need to tell you about Simply Safe because crime is up. All kinds of things are up right now. Uh, You know, mostly bad things because of uh, the COVID, I guess. But crime is up, and it's a good time to get a home security system. And if you want the best one that's out there, according to a lot of publications that have looked into it, you want Simply Safe. Yeah, Simply Safe award-winning, terrific technology, wonderful people backing up the product, keeping you feel safe. And I always think about crime, burglaries uh, in particular, uh, when I think about a home security system. But Simply Safe is going to keep you safe from a fire as well, or a medical emergency. They're there for you. They'll keep your, they have your back. They'll keep you safe. And as our listeners, you can save twenty percent on your Simply Safe security system. Get your first month free when you sign up for interactive monitoring service. Just visit simplysafe.com/armstrong to customize your system and start protecting your home and family that's simplysafe.com slash armstrong there's no expensive install with simply safe you set it up yourself and it's easy simplysafe.com slash armstrong we're talking earlier about people who are working two jobs it's the easiest it's ever been to moonlight because you're working from home and you just schedule your Zoom meetings so they don't conflict, and you can have two jobs at once. We just got this text. Been working 88 hours, split between two jobs, in person throughout the pandemic. Uh, what a luxury not to be trapped in one small abode. 88 hours? Yeah. But that's just working two jobs. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Like two whole jobs. Although, that's that. No, you're missing the point. I've had... Uh, I've had one job that took that many hours. Um, yeah, you really, if you're going to work 80 hours a week, you'd really be getting two salaries. I was getting one paltry salary for that. Boy, was I stupid. Uh, my wife is an executive for the state, so 95% of her work is online meetings anyway. And because she's bilingual, she translates websites for Google at the same time. Wow. Wow. Um, I wish I had any other skills. Uh, speaking of schools, here's an update for somebody from somebody in the school system about the COVID. My wife works for a high school in San Diego County. She was told that if there is any COVID exposure, that only the unvaccinated will need to quarantine. And if a teacher or student is vaccinated, that they continue on as normal. Okay, well, the students aren't going to be vaccinated because they can't get vaccinated. But well, Depending on the level of school, of course, if it's middle school well, yeah, or high yeah, school. Yeah. Good yeah. point. 
Good point. Um, But so here's the headline that completely misinterpreted today. The breaking news that the Pfizer now gets the full FDA approval. So that was a big talking point for a lot of people that didn't want to get the vaccine is that it only has emergency approval. It hasn't gone through all the steps. Well, now it, in theory, has gone through all the steps and has full approval. I didn't catch this part, obviously. This paves the way for mandates that couldn't happen before because it wouldn't mm-hmm. have the full approval. The decision is going to set off a cascade across the country of vaccine requirements by hospitals, colleges, corporations, all kinds of schools, state and local governments. It's going to change the whole mandate thing immediately starting today. And so look forward to that fight starting now. Ready, well, at least go. everybody will remain calm and reasonable and charitable toward each other in our opinions. Right, and not assume the other side is a Nazi for either wanting you to do it or not wanting to do it. Beatings, quittings, firings, court cases for years, that sort of thing. Good Lord, that's what we need. Another layer of crazy. (sighs) I didn't realize that the authorization was what was holding back the big mandates. Okay, well, awesome. Just (laughs) one more issue for us to talk about that makes everybody angry. No matter how you present it. Just perfect. You know, we uh, we received some really good, well-written, well-researched emails on why we're wrong about the vaccine. Uh, um, as opposed, on, uh, on the subject of taking it or not? Well, yeah, taking it or not, whether okay. there's any reasonable um, uh, uh, reason for society to demand it or whether that uh, that reasoning is very thin. I don't mind well, we keep... uh, being disagreed with. I don't mind changing my mind. It happens all the time. Want to jump into that when we come back? Sure, we got um, We're getting more texts from people doing this. I didn't work two jobs, but I went to school. I'm almost done with my master's degree working full-time from home in the last 16 months. So they went ahead and got that master's degree while they had their full-time job at home because they could squeeze it in. That's a pretty good idea right there. Well done, my friend. To whatever extent that master's degree is going to improve your life. Hopefully it does. I don't know. Um, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. I kind of like this idea of having another job. I don't know. If I had any skills, yeah, I I'd, I'd sure I, try to apply. Well, right, yeah. I used to think I'd like a master's degree. Now I think, what the hell's the point of that anyway? I what, am I going to just walk around telling people I have one? Why? I completely why? think, what the hell's the point of that? I, mean, I, can't yeah. even, I can barely understand why they exist. No yeah. offense to anyone yeah. that's getting one. I've got so to jab, to jab or not to jab. Coming up in moments. All right, hang on. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, uh, Michael, play clip number one for us, would you? You can't make it worse. Because it's getting it worse than the Taliban. They forbid music. Well, music for pleasure. You can still play Billie Eilish. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> it's a battle between the groaners and the clappers tonight, I said. <laughs> Wow, why the shots at the formerly baggy-clothed, now-sex-pot Billie Eilish? 
Hard to imagine why she came in for a kicking. So uh, um, <laughs> we're, we're talking last week about getting the vaccine uh, to vax to not vax and, and whether or not it's um, it, uh, since you can shed virus if you're sick. Um, it's like an externality. It's like a tire fire or pollution. And even a libertarian accepts that if you are creating an externality, other people have a right in perhaps limiting that. And we got some uh, pretty well-reasoned notes, uh, folks who either didn't entirely agree with us or just out and out disagreed. Uh, Tim writes, guys, would you say, wouldn't you say there's a 1% chance there might be something funky in that vaccine, whether intentional or not? I think it's probably fine, but, uh, blah, blah, blah. But I think there's a better chance of said funkiness than the disease killing me. 1% is a guess. It's arbitrary, but it's less than a tenth of a percent that I'll die of the disease. Probably a better chance. This is my reasoning. That's okay, almost guaranteed to be true if you're going to look at it that way. Yeah, I don't know that there's a 1% chance of funkiness in the vaccine, but we don't know. We don't know for sure. Um, Stephen, who I'm going to call a dick in a minute, uh, actually makes a, cu- a <laughs> You're kind a of prejudicing the, uh, the email before I hear it. Stay tuned for that. Um, he writes, I was listening to your show today. You presented your true colors. This is the other day. Your All right. I just, anytime gr- anybody says that, oh, I immediately I know. know I'm in for fun. Oh, I know. I know. Your statements that agreed with governments and others to force people to take a new technology, chemical, biological concoction that's never been successfully used in mammals in any study, uh, other than the hundreds of thousands of people in all those studies. But now with this push to get Moderna and Pfizer tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars without any liability, you have joined the bandwagon, a.k.a. the Goose Steppers. Ah, good (laughs) Nazi reference. A classic of the genre. (laughs) <laughs> now the FDA is set up to approve the drug. Uh, then he makes a point that is actually reasonable. Uh, you probably don't care because you're part of the totalitarian supporters of this country. You're a dick. I shall remind you. Oh, that and that was uh, that was an inadvertent and premature calling of dick. Okay. Gotcha. Um, there's there, my main one is coming up. I shall remind you of fenfen and thalidomide, which were both approved by government bodies. Absolutely true. Both of those drugs turned out to be dangerous, and it took several years to figure it out. It's a valid point. Um, and then he gets into the externality case, and then he says some stuff that's absolutely not true about how spreadable the disease was. And then he he, he ends up with, uh, it's apparent that you are not conservative in your true opinions. You are entertainers who play right-wing talk show hosts as a day job. I am through with you. I, I removed the station from auto settings. Goodbye and good riddance, Stephen wow. Blankety Blank, Ph.D. Oh, signs his email PhD. Holstol digger. Um, <laughs> the worst thing that has happened to America is this whole litmus test for whether you're legitimately on my side. Uh, that's the worst thing that has happened. So if you say something, you know, Trump did something good, you're not a real progressive. And uh, it just this whole litmus test thing is just weird. Right, right. You've you shown your true colors. A... You're not a real whatever. All right. Yeah. All right. You, You're part of the uh, goose steppers. Here, here's here's something for you. Like, um, you could Wikipedia conservatism. You could Wikipedia liberalism, progressive. Wikipedia like anarchy or something like that. Look at the 150 different shades of every political ideology there is in terms of groups. Every one of them has hundreds of shades of of different things from all the way on the left, all the way on the right. So the idea that there's one of each, (laughs) you're a lefty or a righty is just crazy. Right. That's not the way the real world works. No, it's not. I like, 
I like this note from Dean. He says, uh, and, and I'm going to skip some of it just for, for reasons of time, but he said, first, this virus is nowhere near dangerous enough to justify granting additional powers to the government. Even if my refusal to get the jab affects others, it's not extreme enough to give up individual liberty. It's a powerful point, my friend. Secondly, the circulation of viruses is such a natural process as part of our human existence that I don't even think this fits into the category of an externality. His point being, it's just a little more than usual. And huh. it's particularly deadly, but fair enough, my friend. And then the always informative Kevin uh, from Placerville, California, um, he thinks it's strange that that we've been softer on some of these issues than he expected us. And he points out that the uh, the COVID versus George Washington and smallpox vaccinations is not a good comparison. Tim Sandifer's made the comparison, too, because the vaccines for smallpox and measles offer lifelong sterilizing immunity. Your chance of catching the disease after vaccination are minute. Your chances of spreading the disease to others is negligible, etc. Uh, this is not the case with COVID. It's a very different case uh, epidemiologically in the vaccine so, and the rest. So I would ask him or other people like that, is your biggest concern that somebody's making you do something? I mean, is that your biggest concern? Or is your biggest concern that the, the, the shot is going to do something to you physically? I mean, what what rubs you most the wrong way? Um, the having that vaccine in your body, or you just don't like the idea of the government making you do something? I think they're both valid concerns, and you might have both in you know varying degrees depending on who you asked. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a great deal of ambivalence about a lot of this stuff, which I know is not allowed in talk radio. Um, I am extremely uncomfortable with I'm, any government mandate for any reason. I've been dreading when they make the vaccine, uh, when they say the vaccine's okay for kids, because I, I got it myself right away. I don't know that I want my kids to get it. I just That's a whole different beast to the children. Well, and there are people who would require your children to get it, like other vaccines, and not allow them in school or Boy Scouts or sports yeah. or whatever until they do. Hey, we do have to get to some breaking news about what's going on at the Kabul airport. It ain't good. Um, So we'll bring that to you to kick off hour three. Four. Four. If you don't don't get hour four, grab it via podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. I don't don't know what time it is. I need one of those round things. Armstrong and Getty.